This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. everybody kurt here and tracy here i know we just did that i don't care <laughs> what the hell is that? intro. that's just how we do that's how we do uh welcome to another board game edition of the mfg cast we're gonna be talking about drunk drawer which is on kickstarter right now with our good friends from winsmith games it's david and travis thank you guys for coming back on thanks for having us yeah definitely thank you <laughs> you bet so let's get right into it. So my first question, why are you trying to make a game of one of the most stressful parts of my house? I mean, come it's on. It's supposed what? to be relaxing to organize it's your not, junk, It's man. not. No, none of that is relaxing. What's next? <laughs> Flooded basement? Uh, a bunch of bees in your house? I mean, which one? I mean, come on. Aren't there a thousand <laughs> games about bees? We got to do the bees in the house game there. now. That sounds awesome. Yeah, but that could have been it. That could have been it. You could have like done polyominoes with bees and making sure that they're not stinging everybody in the face. You know, it, it's funny that you, that you mentioned that because that was one of the, that was some of the first feedback we got on the theme. Um, when we were at Unpub 2019, I think Dave did a, like a shark tank for board games and he pitched junk drawer and like Rob Davia was one. Um, Heather O'Neill was one of the judges and I forget the, the third gentleman's name, but um, one of the comments was you made a game about something people hate like organizing your junk drawer <laughs> but but maybe you're like the Marie Kondo of board game board games like well, it was funny because we, we've always had it uh, in all of our feedback if you were to ta- put a tally of like the theme don't like the theme it was like 50 50 mm-hmm. and so there were three judges the first judge said you made a game a th- the theme about something people hate then the other person was like I love the theme it's unique I love the organization and the third guy was like I don't care either way. I just care about the game. <laughs> that was very obvious. He was like, I don't care about the theme. I, it could be any theme in the world. Mechanically, it's neat. So, like, just the theme, I can take it or leave it. Yeah. yeah. This is funny. That's funny. Wow. Name drop. Why don't you? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> That, but that's pretty that's pretty funny how split in the middle it's like i love it i hate it uh, i'm indifferent yeah <laughs> it's like oh boy thanks a lot everyone for making it very hard on us yeah but the theme was something we did go back and forth a whole lot like throughout the development it's a, it's not like we came up with idea and then we knew the theme immediately surprisingly the game actually came as a spawn from 10 gallon tank so during 10 gallon tanks development uh, just through playtesting at one point, I remember talking with Travis and he was like, Hey, what if instead of like set collection, we do it where you have different sized fish and you have to fit them in an aquarium. And so it becomes like this tiling game. 
And we talked through kind of that idea a little bit, like different organizational goals of different types of fish in different tanks. And we kind of uh, like, I came up with like an idea for that. And then that became what ultimately junk drawer was and 10 gallon tank, you know, we kept it at what it was too. So uh, yeah, we, it's funny how the, it started actually is 10 gallon tank themed, but then went on to, you know, to different, to different themes and different ideas. Yeah, that's cool. I like that idea instead of, instead of being like the hard, like, okay, it must be this, you know, you're working on making it something different when it doesn't fit. Cause I know that some people, I think when they are creating a game, sometimes they try to just jam one theme or one art style into something that quite doesn't work, you know, and you're like, okay, you know, maybe we should listen to the people that we talk to, the people we play test with or whatever and say, Hey, what about this, you know, works and what doesn't, and then go off of that feedback. So it's good that you, you are able to do that instead of, you know, cramming something into something that maybe doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did talk to play testers about the theme, even during development, like what does this theme fit? Is it fun? Does it not? Uh, we did try, a, uh, we talked through a few ideas for theme Honestly, the one that kind of came as like second place and the one we really considered a lot was time capsules, like putting things in the time capsules, which allow you to do all different types of objects, different shapes, kind of, you can have fun with what the different objects would be, you know, uh, some of them might be similar, like a thumb drive, uh, but uh, you could do a lot with time capsules. And that was another one where we felt like it'd be fun and unique too, you know, because yeah. Junk Tour, one of yeah. the things we got was it's unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was mechanically kind of fitting, fitting different things into the organized sections. So uh, time capsule was another one we kind of talked about a good amount. Nice. We ended up going with, with, with the junk drawer, though. Yeah, yeah. But, well, if you think about, like, games that sometimes themes, you know, people are like, oh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm not, like, patchwork. You know, I remember when I first heard about patchwork, I'm like, that's an interesting thing. I don't really care about quilting or, you know, that kind of thing, but you know, whatever. And then we finally tried it and I was like, wow, this is actually, you know, really fun. You know, and it, I think it's one of the, one of the first games that I was like, okay, don't let's not judge a book, a book by its cover, you know, because a mm-hmm. lot of people will be like, well, I don't like, like another example. And this goes into the polyamo thing with your guys's game. Like, I love cats. Like we're not cat people. And I know that's, that makes us sound like horrible people, but it's like, we just, we're not big into cats. She's really allergic. So like playing a cat game was like, eh, do we really mm-hmm. want to? But then Tracy was like, well, I've heard good things about it. And we played it and we're like, wow, this game is phenomenal. And it's like, okay, you don't have to necessarily love a certain theme or a certain part of a game to still enjoy that. Mm-hmm. The other thing about the other piece of the theme that we debated on was, instead of making it just like a realistic junk drawer doing something like a wizard's junk and putting like a fantasy theme on it um but we actually found out that when we told people that they were like fantasy is so prevalent like you could do it it'd be fine but i actually would rather if you're gonna do junk drawer, i'd rather you do the more realistic pieces yeah. and just do the art really well and colorful and make it pop and so we ended up going with that but we had toyed with that too like if a wizard either all all fantasy related items or all real items but named something fantasy like you know you're you know wizards like 
I don't know, magical fastening tool and it's a stapler or something. Mm-hmm. And like, you just like, we were thinking about doing that too, but we all ultimately went with just like the regular items. That's, that's interesting that you got the feedback that people were like, just stick with the, the standard junk drawer stuff. I don't, I don't know that I'd have a thought either way on mm-hmm. whether you went the, the wizard route or the standard junk drawer. Mm-hmm. It could be like a, that could be like a, an expansion in the future or something like that. Could be like here's here's our junk drawer, but now it's wizard. It's fantasy, you know. Yeah. You kind of <laughs> add it to that. It's like a like other games do, like Century Spice. What is it? Century Spice Road does the Gollum edition, mm-hmm. and yeah. Splendor does Marvel, and <laughs> and uh, you guys do the wizard drawer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know if we get the Marvel junk drawer themed. You know, Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. Where do I put all these gems? I don't know. <laughs> I have a very small container for all these and huge my, gems. And my giant glove. Right. right. <laughs> so so let's talk about the art of this game. I, I, I think it's fun and quirky and it's it has kind of a realistic feel to it. Like when you decided to pick out an artist for junk drawer, did you have somebody in mind? Did you find somebody along the way? How did you how did that come about? Uh, well, both. So we, we, well, one, we kind of had a style of art in mind mm-hmm. that it actually kind of came somewhere to junk, uh, tin, tin gallon tank where we knew we wanted something kind of like, look like a painting style, something very vibrant, uh, something with, with some good detail. So we looked at a lot of games that we like and the art style that we thought was similar, checked out those artists, reached out to them. Uh, one we actually talked to for a while and we thought that was going to be the artist, but she had something come up. She said uh, she wasn't able to do it. I think another project uh, was picking up sooner than she thought. So uh, she s- said that she would reach out to some of her friends, uh, artist friends. And so she did. And one of them um, was this was the artist who we worked with for Junk Drawer, uh, Asha Farmer. And uh, so we met her, obviously, through some someone else we've been talking with. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. We, we found both they... of our... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, we found both of our artists sort of like randomly. The first one we found on a forum, we were just looking for folks and we sort of like went through people's profile. And then similarly, when, when Asha sent us an email, we looked at her portfolio and she just had some really good... In fact, one of her pictures was of a door there was a door in the picture and the way she had done the wood grain, the artistry, we were like, Oh, that would be perfect for like the background of a drawer. And so we, we sort of, that's what sort of hooked us. And then we started looking at how she had drawn, like the, the she drew people and she drew um, like, you know, scenes that had like a, like a bathroom scene that had like an instrument. And it was, so we were kind of like, I bet she would be perfect. And she was, she was really good. Um, she was a student um, at university of Maryland. Um, at the time she was uh she was i think she's graduated now but yeah she did a fantastic job we never met in person because of course pandemic but um maybe but she does live pretty close to us we're in northern virginia she's in baltimore so not that far away so when it comes to getting somebody to draw things like that is it something where you go okay this is the theme we're thinking of this is what we want make these up or whatever you think is are good things for to include in the junk drawer you can draw those up and send them to us and we'll pick or was it something that you had something in mind and then you were like is this something you can do and then she went with that 
it's funny when we first came up with the, all the tiles, I spent I, hours searching the internet for household items that would fit. Think of like the Tetris plus sign, what household item fits in a plus sign. So I had to yeah. find scissors that were like wide open to, to do. And so we knew that there were certain items that we would, like we had pictures for, but were not realistic. So we said like probably half the items we said, we really like these. So take these, but other ones, you know, here's some ideas, but go off and find whatever you think would fit um, in these items. And then like sort of make them, make them work. So half of it was sort of like, go find it. And half of it was like, we really, these ones are really good items. We want those. I know you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but how long did it take from your initial concept of junk drawer to get this game ready for Kickstarter? Yeah, yeah, probably close to four years. Cause honestly, we, it, like I said, it spawned off of 10 gallon tank. We worked on it for a while, pandemic hit and we, everything kind of just development slowed just cause we weren't play testing in person at all anymore. And at before pandemic, I didn't know tabletop simulator or TTS. Yeah. And then, so we learned that and I don't know, then I kind of switched gears to a few other games, but I mean, really on and off for four years. Yeah. yeah what, what, the junk drawer was like 95% done other than a couple goals right before the pandemic. So there was nothing really, there wasn't a lot to develop other than balancing the score. So it was just sort of, it has to sit on the shelf until we can put together a plan and people are start, starting to come back and go to conventions and get like some final play testing and final pricing and fi- you know, that kind of thing and look for an artist. And yeah. <clears throat> so Dave was working on a lot of other games too. Yeah. So, so then that begs the question then <clears throat> with the pandemic and, you know, having these obstacles in the way, like, how do you, how do you make sure that this is play, play tested and gone over and, you know, seen with a keen eye, you know, as much as you need to get it to a Kickstarter when you have those obstacles in the way. Yeah. Spreadsheets, uh, baby. Spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good question because so the game comes with 24 unique goals. In a game, you only use four of them. And so there's a lot of playtesting involved. And like Trav said, spreadsheets. And I think there might have been a couple games, but I've we've kept track of we've recorded every score from every player uh, in each quadrant of every goal of every playtest. So it's the type of game where the, most of the development comes in one, which goals are fun and which ones are not. So I think we brainstormed a lot more goals than 24. We I probably did like 35 or 40, but quickly some of them you just find out aren't fun or they're just, you know, players aren't getting it or they're just, there are too many loopholes or, you know, FAQ involved that, you, you chop out, we probably chopped out nearly half of them. Um, and then the rest of the development really was making sure they all feel kind of balanced just from a point value standpoint. Because like if you have one goal where the point potential is extremely high and another one where all players are scoring really low, they're not going to go for the really low one. They're going to focus on the one that scores really high more consistently. So, and that's the spreadsheets part. I mean, we did like, Obviously, means total uh, for every play test, standard deviations, and you know, trying to keep them all kind of 
relatively close uh, in terms of like point values and things like that. So that, that was a lot of it. And, oh, to and answer the question about the, the pandemic and playtesting, uh, honestly, TTS was uh, a, a big a big part. I mean, I didn't know how to use it before, you know, March of 2020. And now I feel like I've done a whole lot in it. So, and that opened up the ability for us to play test with people that friends that aren't nearby and we can play test a lot. So that's been really neat because I like, I'm sure most of us are people who like to play in person. It's fun to sit across the table to, to you know, to laugh at and you know, tell jokes and stuff. You don't get that. It's just not the same virtually. But at least we have the ability to play with people and friends that we might have only seen once or twice a year at conventions. And that might be the only chance beforehand we ever got to see or hang out with them or play games with them at least. Right, so now right. we can play with our friends across the country, you know, once a month or something. Like, So that's yeah. been a help. Yeah, I, I can't imagine if we pre-pandemic if we weren't in the place that we were with virtual gaming and stuff like that because I think mm -hmm. a lot of people depended on that for testing games developing and working through that kind of stuff and then just the camaraderie of being able to go through all that kind of stuff too I think was yeah I found some games playing uh, online is better than playing in person <clears throat> one game I've been playing recently online a lot is blood on the clock tower and I don't know if you've heard of it but it's a it's a werewolf. It's sort of like werewolf on steroids, um, and uh, it, it in person it's okay. But you have to kind of everybody has to like you know tap on their legs, make noise, and then the storyteller guy has to run around and tap people. Whereas like on you're playing online, it's on Discord. Everybody has a private room. You can just kind of go and then you can kind of talk. It's actually pretty slick on Discord. So I know there are some games um, that will be better. But for us, like hey, let's hop on on a Thursday night and play five games of junk drawer. I mean, that takes like, you know, 45, 50 minutes. And then we have all that data there and we can, um, you know, take that back and we don't have to drive to each other's houses. And mm -hmm. so that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice for us too. We, we tend to play mm -hmm. with people across the country. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> so it's really nice to be able to do that too. That's awesome. For sure. I don't know what else we have. Well, there was that other one. Uh, I said they're I like, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of man jam are you guys up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, actually, I want to ask something. Before. That was quite personal. Yeah, you'll no, never, really know. you'll never know what it is. <laughs> if the X Men had a junk drawer, <laughs> yes. what well, would be in their junk drawer? <laughs> it can't be anything metal because Magneto would stab him with it. So. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so let's actually talk about what junk drawer is and how it plays because we mm -hmm. kind of skirted around it, but we haven't actually dug deep into what it is. So why don't you guys describe what it actually is for us? Yeah, so junk drawer, it's a, a tile placement puzzly game. Uh, so all the player, players are trying to get the most points by scoring four different quadrants of, of their junk drawer. Every round, um, players are going to have to place one item in each of the four qu quadrants. And that way, players are able to like hyper-focus on one, optimize it, and then move on to the next. You really are playing four puzzles at once. Every quadrant also has its own organizational goal. 
So one quadrant, the red quadrant, you might be at the end of the game, you might get points for every row and every column that's completely covered, no gaps, you know, in there at all. Think like Tetris. But another one might give you points for every gap that you have. So that one rewards you for as many, you know, you want a lot of small gaps. Another one might score the largest gap that you have in there. So you want to have, you know, one really large hole in the center of the board. So that's that's the premise of the game. Also, every item is a unique shape. So you, when you draw an item and you have to place that tile, you'll never see that shape again. So how you place that and where you place it is everything. Mm-hmm. So when you say each one is a unique shape, you like literally will never see that shape again? In the same game, yes. Okay. In the same game. So, but are they think shapes- of like a, a, oh, a small square? Yeah. They range from just a, like a one by one mm-hmm. all the way up to every possible shape that you can have with five little squares. So like you'll have like a, you know, one, one by one, one, two by one. And then like two, you know, a three by one and an L shape all the way up to five. So they are all unique shapes. Okay. So they could be polyomino, tetrasy yes. type, those mm-hmm. type pieces that I love playing those games. Imagine, <laughs> imagine playing Tetris. You So Tetris has five shapes, right? Imagine playing Tetris, but there are 21 shapes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And you're playing four games at once. And how you score points in each one is different. Cool. Okay, so that's that too much. I, one... I gotta take a nap. That's too much. <laughs> well, he's the old guy. I, you've piqued my interest on this. I'm like, yes. The young person loves it. Kurt, we have a one minute video on the Kickstarter page. You can, yes. I'm, I'm sure you can learn snapper. it. We did watch it. Well, we we backed it. So. Oh, I know. We we are so thankful that you backed it. Thank you. <laughs> we need yeah. more people like you. But um. <laughs> No, I, well, you know, and I, 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 I literally organized our junk drawer once What I say once because it's not organized anymore, but yeah. So I feel like I could nail this game. <laughs> I'm sure I, yeah, I'm, it's funny because it's uh, every game we play, we played probably a thousand games, Dave, maybe more. And still sometimes like we played, we did a Twitch stream last week and they were like, you guys are going to crush us. And like, I finished in last and Dave, <laughs> did you finish second or third? You probably I, finished I like second. second place. Yeah. yeah but like, they just like destroyed us. So it doesn't, yeah. Every game's different. Yeah. But that's yeah. kind of the interesting thing about it um, is not every game is going to be different. I think I did the, I did the nerd math on how many combinations there are unique games and it's over 10,000 with 24 goals. So Actually, one of the things I was thinking about as we were researching for this interview is I like the fact that you you guys kind of did something that is off book of what traditionally ha- happens in polyomino puzzle games is you're rewarded for empty spaces. Most of the time in these games, it's like cover up as many spaces as you can or you're dead, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and this one, you guys are like, oh, it's OK. If you want a little space here and there, that's good because, you know, you want your drunk drawer organized so it's gonna need a little bit of space it's not so cluttered so you need space for more junk you need or or you know to just have it shift around a little bit feng shui your junk yeah 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 yeah. whoa Whoa. that's gonna be um you said whoa i just said yeah i just said you were just just laying down the facts yeah (laughs) right 
so, so I think that is almost something I might have a problem with because I don't like leaving spaces when I play polyamino <laughs> games because I like to, I like to keep it all clustered together. You know, I'm a, I'm an old Tetris player. Mm-hmm. I yep. like to, when I play Isle of Cats, it, it's like, I can't stretch that stuff out on the boat. I think I'd all gather together those cats. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I would say probably it's between a third and half of the goals do want you to have fewer items than, than more. Most of them you generally reward you for having more items than not, but a good chunk of them. It's probably like a good 40% of them. Yeah. They reward you for having gaps, whether it's a lot of small ones or one really big one or two really big ones. Some of the, the difficult some of the hard challenge rating ones, you need to have gaps of a very specific size or rows and columns need to only have X number of covered spaces in them. So yeah, those generally do reward having less items or just less covered spaces, right? Like some of those, you might want to just have the smaller items in them versus the larger items, but they're all unique in terms of like how you get points. So some of the hard, for example, one of the hard ones the, the most basic one is you get a point at the end of the game for every space covered, right? You know, just if every compartment is a five by five grid, every single space you cover is, an, is a point. There's another goal that's easy that just says for every of the nine interior spaces that's covered, you'll get two points. So it, that one doesn't even look at the perimeter spaces. They don't count, you know, in terms of scoring, but those two goals play differently. Because the shapes, those shapes that you get in place, now the shape matters a whole lot for that interior one versus the one that just looks at every single space. And so there are different ways. And another one too, just a couple more examples of rewarding all of them. Uh, One of the medium goals checks every row and column if it's completely covered, no holes. in. so I think it's every row and every column that's completely covered to get three points. It's similar, right? You want to have as many filled in as possible, but the scoring mechanism is different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like most of, yeah, probably most of them, you want more points than other, but it's fun to have the ones where you get rewarded for not filling in as much as possible because that's some of the push and pull of the game because you're playing four game puzzles at once. If you have two that reward you to fill in as much as possible, and two that reward you to sometimes even go out sooner than later. That's the tension of the game mm-hmm. of that. You're playing four puzzles at once. You have to play an item in every quadrant. And so it's really that, op, you know, trying to optimize all four at the same time and you won't optimize all four at the same time. So that's, yeah, that's a lot of the game. The competing goals there are kind of, a lot of people said that's, part of the the fun and the uniqueness of junk drawer it sounds it sounds intriguing to to have like you said that kind of like that push and the pull of this is what i want to do on this one this is what i want to do on this i like it because my my brain (laughs) tends to work that way sometimes i think too hard (laughs) when i play but i think i'll i think i will uh yeah i think i'm gonna dig it yeah and I, I like the parts of that parts of games like that too because again it's we're all kind of saying the same thing but it's like 
you know, you plan to do this one thing. You're like, okay, this is going to happen for me. And then as soon as the pieces come out, you're like, ah, oh, this is not going to happen for me. So I have to <laughs> figure out this thing. And then you're like, well, then I'll move to this. And then you go and you're like, well, that's not going to work. I'm going to try this, you know, so. Trying to plan ahead and it doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's got it's got enough of of the gameplay for you to, you know, try to plan to do the best you can. But the, the randomness enough to be like, okay, here's another curveball. Now, what are you going to do with that? Yeah, and and the game's short enough that if there is something like that, and you you really had a plan and you get wrecked, I mean, you, it's it's a twenty minute game, so you can just fire off another game quickly and yep. play again. Yep, and you know someone's gonna do that. They're gonna be like, I just got my ass handed to me. Okay, we gotta play this again. <laughs> you know, yeah, because you are forced to play a tile if you can. You cannot choose. So there is, I would say, the, the very lightest of player elimination. So like when you cannot place an item anywhere legally you're you're done and then yeah. you just wait until everyone else is done and you score um that's usually between you know one and two rounds or even turns when pe- when everybody's out but if you have if you can play something you must so that can um factor into your decision making of like i'd rather place this one here might get less points but like i can't have it come back around to me again i need to get out next time yeah. so there's a little bit of planning there so we're looking at what are we looking at the price point we're looking at 35 dollars i hear plus shipping Yep. Um, so $35 uh, and it gets you, there's four player boards, 84 tiles. So there's a lot of components. Um, there's some cards, uh, there's a little goal board, and then there's a square um, organizational cards as well and a score pad. Um, so yeah, 35 plus shipping. Um, we tried to eat as much of the shipping costs as we can. I mean, shipping is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. So we, we are eating some of that shipping cost. Usually like within the, the lower 48, it's like 10 bucks for shipping. I think that's pretty standard. We looked at a lot of other campaigns as well. So yeah, yeah we're looking, our goal is 18,000 um, and we're live until late August. So we're like, all oh, right around 40% in day two. So that's, it's, it's encouraging that we're, we're there. We've almost, we're getting close to raising as much as we raised on our, all of our 10 gallon tank campaign. Nice. Um, but of course our goal was only 9,000. So now you're a little older, a little wiser. You know what you need as far as the, the cost and the shipping and all that stuff. And, well, it's good to see that you guys have got another great game that's going to be coming out. We're really excited about it. If you didn't hear already, it's already on Kickstarter. You're hoping to get it to in people's hands by July of next year. But, of course, that can always change, too. So we will never put a pin on that. It's just a suggestion. And we'll be really excited when it comes to us. Yeah, we are really excited about about this one. Definitely, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, what what's what else is in the books? Do you guys have any? Is there next steps after this? Are you like I'm so exhausted with this right now? We'll just focus on this and move on later. Quite the opposite. I was gonna yeah. say I saw a smirk, so <laughs> I'm assuming that means good things. That's why I ask these questions because I already I know. know the answer. I oh. <laughs> So there's game number three. We are not very privy on being able to tell and share more details right now, but there is a game three and it's known. Uh, we know what game number three is going to be, but it will be a collaborative effort. Nice. Um, so that that's, I think, is about as much as we can say. Right, Travis? Yeah, just to be, yeah, yeah. say. Yeah. I, uh, I get it. NDAs and everything. We get it. Those are popular. That's cool. But we're working on we're working on other games too. I think uh, at Gen Con that we're going to next week, 
we have uh, another game that's about a 45 minute tile lane game that uh, we've been working on for, uh, working on for a while. So we'll play test that there at first exposure playtest hall. Uh, that's kind of an engine building dual layer tile placing. So in that one, you are placing polyominoes that are that are like the Tetris shapes, but they are not like perfect squares. And then it's our working titles. I'm calling it Dwarven Mines. So like every player has their own grid. It's like dirt and gems and iron and uh, gold. The resources are different rarities spread, spread around this grid. So you're placing these excavation tiles uh, to one for whenever you cover a resource, you get it. But then secondly, you're building like uh, structures on spaces that have been excavated. And those are squares. So there's the tension of trying to like place these odd shaped polyominoes to get resources, but you eventually have to suboptimally place them so you have squares to be able to build structures that do different things for you, kind of in an engine building way. So that's a that's another game we're working on. Um, and we we've had a few for a few years that are bigger and we're just trying to more organically grow you know mm-hmm. we started with a 10 gallon tank our next one is you know a, a, a tile placement game and we're just working our way up to some bigger games too that we've been working on for a few years now yeah have we told you about um flicked and furious okay so that was like one of that's probably like our one of our most favorite games that we've developed but it's yeah. it's pretty it's big yeah. Um, and it's got it's got odd components, but it but think like Mario Kart, the board game, but with flicking. Nice. So you're you're going around the track with the cars, you're picking up items, and then you're taking those items and shooting them at other players nice. Um, nice. by flicking. So that one is like one of our most favorite, and like we've gotten the most positive feedback on. Okay. It's just that the 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 big thing is that it's a it needs to be a huge neoprene mat. Mm. and shipping that is pretty much impossible we talked to uh, probably three or four publishers that we pitched it to and they said we love the game we can't make it like we just like we can't uh, there's no way to really ship this and we've we've gone back with different materials like cardboard and all sorts of stuff and neoprene is like the way neoprene yeah. is the yeah you the want material. it to be smooth if you're doing a flicking game yeah, yeah you don't want and we talked about like cutting cutting it up and it just you get those lips and then it's just yeah so that's more of like a once we're very well known that will be like just a kickstarter only um not not for retail just hey here's a cool pet project for people who want that type of game but that sounds awesome that's, that's the one where like we've been to unpub and we one of the unpubs we took it to we never had an open table and there were just always people around like screaming, like not <laughs> screaming, but like yelling and and, and cheering. And yeah. so that was a really fun one. It's just really hard to produce. So yeah. Yeah. we, we didn't you... expect somebody to agree to pay $80 to an unknown publisher, yeah. you know, with no experience. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just got to do what you can. It, so when you're playing that game, do you have to, in a Vin Diesel voice, go, we are family? Do you have to do that every time you flick the It's not or? written in the rules, but it, it, I would we say it's unspoken. Yeah, yeah. That from the Fast It's implied, years? yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is this Olive Garden there? Yeah. <laughs> did they, they, family, when, when did they change it? their... When you hear your family. Well, that's awesome. Wow. A lot of, lot of fire, wow. a lot of irons in the fire. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I kind of feel like I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now go out there, get junk drawer. We're going to go have a great evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you listen to this. Until next time, I'm Kurt. <laughs> I'm Tracy. <laughs> ah, thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.